I'm Josh Gordon. And I'm Leslie Gordon. We're brother and sister, but more importantly, we're unpopular people. Yeah, we've got like five friends. So what do we do as unpopular people? We sit around all day and absorb popular culture. And we started a podcast to talk about it. This is Pop Culture with Unpopular People. Leslie, I need to address something here before we get before we get into this week's podcast. Okay. What do you have to share today? Last night, you text me something and I did not respond. That is right. I was very surprised you didn't respond. But because I wanted to talk about it on the podcast. You wanted, oh, you wanted to save it for the podcast. So that's what our conversations have come to now. That's right. We can't talk about it unless it's being recorded. Correct. Okay. I want to, this to be on the record right now, mm-hmm. because several weeks ago, a performer who is one of my favorite performers right now was on Saturday Night Live. And I believe that you were home at the time visiting. I can't remember, honestly. I can't remember the timelines. But I just remember blasting Dua Lipa and being like, yes, I love levitating. You can fly away with yes. me tonight. You can fly away with me tonight. I'm like, I love Dua Lipa. And you're like, oh, my God. This guy it is Dua Lipa. Just stop. And now, last night, I got a text from you that said, the song Levitating is growing on me. Explain, please. Explain, please. Well, I had a drink or two. And I was listening to some music Mm -hmm. while folding laundry. You know, (laughs) what a riveting Saturday night, eh? (laughs) You weren't watching the Toronto Maple Leafs destroy the Edmonton Oilers? I was not. I was trying to stay up to watch Nick Jonas on Saturday Night Live. Right. So that's what I was doing. And then so I was listening to his new song, which on Spotify, it was on a playlist called Pop All Day. And then after Nick Jonas's new song, it was levitating. And I was just like, oh, this is kind of catchy now. Now that I like fully listened to it, give it a better chance. And I like Da Baby. I like the rap part of it. So yes. that, that's how that came about. I want to say something here because normally when it comes to popular music, I'm the one who decides to hop onto the train like seven, eight, nine, a year after, seven, eight, nine weeks after, a year after. Seven, eight, nine years after, yes. <laughs> yeah. Go on. After a song is popular, mm-hmm. I'll hop on the train once everybody's kind of over it. And I think this is kind of what you're doing right now. I know. I, well, no, this song is still popular. Okay. So I, I, I'm getting on the train while it is still popular. You I are see. Like weeks, like people have moved on and forgot about it. I see. I'm trying to think of an example were, right now. Okay. I know. Old Town Road. Well, I'm going to take my horse you to got the on Old that Town train Road. Way past it was left. You know why I got onto that train? Vladimir Guerrero. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., 100%. Yes. When he made the big leagues for the very first time i was at his very first game against the oakland athletics what a and flex. 
and he walked up to the plate for the very first time to Old Town Road, and I'm like, I'm in. Let's go. Yes. Yes. And yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I I've become a big o- Old Town Road fan. Yes. Yeah, that's a good example. But even with a lot of uh, Dua Lipa's old stuff, I was late to the party. Like, don't stop now or don't start now. Yes. I was really late to that one. Dua Lipa has some really good songs. And maybe one day Dua Lipa will be on the podcast. Maybe after Beyonce. But speaking of famous pop singers, I just want to talk about this quickly. Do you know what I watched yesterday? Was it? The driver's license skit from uh, Saturday Night Live with Olivia Rodrigue. It was not. Oh, Rodrigo. <laughs> it was not. I watched Framing Britney Spears. And how did you watch that? Because I've been meaning to watch that. It's on Crave now. It, it was put on Crave on Friday. Okay. And just for those of our listeners outside of Canada, I know we don't have one yet, but. <laughs> Do we not? No, all of our listeners are still within inside, with inside, within Canada. Same province? Can we? Do we know? I'm pretty sure it's within like a 25 kilometer radius. Oh boy! Of, of both of our locations. Oh no! Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think it's highly localized at this point. Oh well, well, support local arts. In fact, local- I I think the majority of our listeners are a couple of meters away from me right now. Oh, mom and dad? Correct. Mom, update, is on the Spy Kids episode of the podcast. She was telling me that last night. Which is very impressive. Yes. Shout shout out mom. Credit where credit is due. Thank you for hopping on board. I think she listened to two episodes in one day. Let's go. She's a binger. That's what it is. That's what it is. She just had to get all of the episodes in a row so she could kill like a good five hours mm-hmm. now no we got really off topic there but back to britney spears yes please <laughs> oh my gosh it's only about an hour and a half an hour and 15 minutes so it's not too too long um, is it only one part i thought it was four parts no just one part oh just like one short documentary okay so they do like a little like backstory on how she became famous blah 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 and like her downfall and what all led to that and how her the i always get this word confused conservatorship conservatorship i don't know anyways how that is still in place with her father who she's not particularly close with so meaning that it goes about how Britney Spears can't do anything essentially without her dad approving it. And the way the cons- conservatorship is set up, it's, it's legally, it's usually supposed to be for those who are older or like completely mentally incapable of handling their finances, business decisions, people that, you know, and the definition could become victimized of fraud. So they put this in place, I think it was like two, around 2008, and it hasn't gone away since. So it's a very, very interesting story. That is interesting, especially because Britney Spears is not very old. No. What's she, 40? 
that's a very good question. <laughs> I hey, just know. I, hey, that Siri. Was a, I, that was a guess because Paris Hilton just turned 40. Britney Spears is 39 years old. Okay. I was pretty Tur- close. Turning 40 this year. Oh, very close. You know, free Britney. We support you. <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to go back and watch that because I haven't been involved in it, but I was quite curious by it, especially mm-hmm. because of Saturday Night Live did a bit of a skit on Britney Spears a couple of weeks ago, which I actually do want to uh, go back to Saturday Night Live just for a second. And uh, my joke about Olivia Rodrigo, did you enjoy that skit? You did watch some of it, correct? I did watch some of it, correct. All the guys in the bar singing along to it, yes. Did you think it was funny? It was funny. I think it's the one of the funniest things that they've done in a long time. I'm not going to lie. I'm not a big yeah. Saturday Night Live fan anymore, but I don't know if I ever really was, but I thought it was funny. Yeah. There's because, been... because I'm that guy. <laughs> yeah, I watched last night because of Nick Jonas hosting and musical guest, but yeah. it wasn't that funny. Anyway, I think this is probably the longest preamble we've ever had before leading into a podcast. And maybe that's because I'm a little bit unprepared this week. But Leslie, what is this week's topic for the podcast? Well, this week, I pitched the idea of Canadian music. Which I said was too broad. Too broad, be more specific. So we ended up with the Canadian Music Awards, the Juno Awards. Which I think is a fair topic, a fair compromise. Fair, yes, yes. I I found a lot to discuss and talk about, but it sounds like you didn't. Well, did you know that the first Juno Awards were hosted in February of 1970, but they were called the Gold Leaf Awards? Yes. And they were only (laughs) called that for one year. Mm -hmm. And do you know? We're just going to be like going back and forth. Well, did you know (laughs) where the Juno Award name came from? Please tell me, Leslie. Okay. Is that like a sarcastic, please tell me? Like, oh, I do know, but you can share a fact? Yes. Fill in the listeners, please. The Juno Awards was named after Pierre Juno. (laughs) Pierre Juno, the first president of Canadian... Radio, Television, and Telecommunications Commission. <gasps> what? And the former so president of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Did you go to Wikipedia too? I sure did. <laughs> yes. So, of course, when we talk about the Juno Awards, we're talking about Canadian music. Mm-hmm. And there's lots and lots and lots of good Canadian artists out there. So, Leslie, I think you know where I'm going with this. Tell our listeners. It's the top five list of the week. Let's go. (laughs) Is that going to stick? The jingle? Yeah. 100%. (laughs) Just wait until I add some air horns to it. (laughs) Or maybe... (laughs) Or maybe, a, or maybe a do 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 like Arthur. <laughs> like Arthur. Yeah. Maybe. Do 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 do. 
We're going to lose listeners before we actually say our top five. But you recognize all those jingles, right? Mm, no. All right, Leslie. Top five <laughs> Canadian artists of all time. Oh, my, well. list, my list, I feel like, is probably going to be very different than your list, but I'm very excited to talk about these. So let's yes. get into them. Oh, this was... This was quite hard for me. This was super challenging because I actually Googled Canadian artists just to get a whole list. And I was like, holy crap. Like, there's a lot of good Canadian artists out there. Yes. And this was really difficult for me. And I know know our lists are going to be very, very different. I hope so. Because up until this point, the top five list has been almost exactly the same. Yes. So So let's have some... Let's have some controversy. Let's have the people weigh in on Instagram. Who are your favorite Canadian artists of all time? Find us at Unpopular People Podcast on Instagram. Leslie, number five, please. You're going to be very shocked with number five. I can already tell. Number five. Are we going to go back and forth? Like, do you want to critique everyone? No, we'll go through your list first and we'll critique your list and then we'll go through my list and then we'll critique my list. Number five is Brian Adams. I knew you were going to say Brian Adams because you knew it? because you've seen Brian Adams in concert. I have seen Brian. Yes, and that Number... that that was definitely going to tip the scale. Yes. Number four is Michael Bublé. Michael Bublé. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Number three, Avril Lavigne. Absolutely, Number... hometown favorite. Yes. Number two is the weekend super bowl halftime show performer and number one is drake obviously i know way too many people here right now that i didn't know last year who the fuck are y'all oh yeah just was that was that a good drake impression no not at all don't what am i doing what am i doing Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm doing me. I'm doing me. I'm living life right here, boy. But it's over. And it's over. It's far from over. Are, are you trying to make me dislike Drake? That is honestly maybe one of the few Drake songs that I know. And do you, the funny thing And it's is, the only Drake song that I have on my iPod or slash iPhone. Did I put it on there? Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Actually, because it's funny, because that song I put on as a, uh, my list of Juno Awards memories, because I remember Drake performing that song over at the 2010 Juno Awards, because I remember he was outside in St. John's, Newfoundland. Very interesting. Yes. So I assume that you want to start by talking about Drake. Do we want to get into that now? We can talk about that later because there's a lot to dive into about that. Whoa, I am shocked about about this, that you don't want to talk about it right away. No, I will. But No, we're not going to. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. Ironically, Leslie, if we compare our top five lists, I have two on there that are the same as you. Of course you do. I know who they are too. I'm take a, I'm gonna take a wild guess. Oh, please do. Let's go right now. Uh, Avril Lavigne and Michael Bublé. 
<laughs> you are 100% correct. You know me so well. Yes, because I knew it for sure it wouldn't be Drake or The Weeknd. Knew that for sure. And I, you have also not seen Brian Adams in concert. Very correct. So <laughs> that doesn't tip your skin. Yeah. The only reason that I put Michael Buble on the list, I'm not going to lie, is because I didn't want it, want it to be too female dominated. I wanted yeah. equality. Well, Michael Buble has the best Christmas album of all time. Very interesting. Yes. Are you ready to find out who comes in at number five? Is it the only male on your list, Michael Buble? No, it's not. I actually okay. put Michael. <laughs> I actually put Michael Buble second. Oh, okay. Spoilers. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Number five. It's like rain on your wedding day. It's a green light. When you're already late. It's Alanis Morissette. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? think? Pop (laughs) quiz for Leslie right now. This was a question on who wants to be a millionaire. How do you spell the last name Morissette? Our podcast is not a spelling bee. It is not. But I just want to see if you can spell it. M-O-R-I-S-E-T-T-E. It might be double S. Yeah, it's double S. You're correct. Good job. Okay. Very impressed. Very impressed. I went back and corrected myself before you could tell me the right answer, so. I give myself full points there. Coming in at number four, (laughs) Shania Twain. Mm -hmm. It seems like a pretty obvious one, but she was not on your list, Leslie. Let's discuss this. Why was Shania Twain not on your list? Because I only had five spots. (laughs) It wasn't a top 10, okay? Would would she have been in the honorable mentions, Watch Mojo honorable mentions? yes. Because Shania Twain, like, I don't know, like, she just, for whatever reason, her songs just resonate with me as something Man, that was... I feel like a woman. Something that, that something, something that was always a part of my childhood. Like, she was always on the radio. Yes. And remember, we used to do that weird thing in public school where Celebration of Dance. Right. I remember or, Celebration of Dance. Yeah. And her song Up was in it. Up, up, up. Yep. I How definitely... strange. Let's just bring a group of all the, all the children in the school board to a field where they can just dance. Yep. I, uh, <laughs> I remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Number three is Avril Lavigne. Not surprising. Avril Lavigne's from Napanee, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Originally from... Belleville, Ontario, born born in Belleville, Ontario, somewhere pretty close to where we live. We're For, near Belleville and Napanee. First the age, now the section of Ontario that we live in. Oh boy. Oh God, people are going to be stalking us. I can't wait. Excuse me? I'll sign an autograph. <laughs> I- yes. Yes, like autographs, autographs, autographs. Get your autographs. For how how much money? 
I uh, I have no price. <laughs> okay. That's rude. <laughs> That's so rude. And you said it, not me. All right, we are we already said that Michael Bublé is number two, and I, mm-hmm. I'm just getting this list over with at this point. Number one, the one, the only, Celine Dion. Oh, you you put Celine Dion at the top. And uh, nope, that's that's what we used in. You're going, you're going for it. I'm like, no, 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 no. Oh, that's what Houston. That's what Houston. Yeah. Far, Far wherever you are. Okay, people don't want to listen to this podcast for us singing. No, they don't. I can't believe I just got the bodyguard mixed up with Titanic. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I'm, and she's uh, number one on your list. That's the worst part. Right? You're my, a fraud. My apologies to Celine Dion. Because <laughs> she's listening to us. <laughs> she is. From her hotel in Vegas. Is she still there? I, I don't know. She was there for the longest time, so I can only yeah. assume that she's still there. Like I said, I didn't do much research for this podcast. Well, is, it is doesn't that, take research to know that. Is that much obvious at this point? It's pretty obvious. I'm sorry. I apologize to my friends and family. Okay. Well, all, of, all of whom who listen to this podcast. Let's become, full, let's go full circle though right now. Because Celine Dion, in terms of the Juno Awards, has had the most nominations out of all art, all Canadian artists. See, this is why she's number one on my list. She has had 72 nominations and 20 wins. This is actually also tied for second place. Because Brian Adams has had 63 nominations and 20 wins. Hmm. Now, Josh, do you know who has the most Junos? I don't. But before you give me that answer, I just want you to know that I did Google it. And Celine Dion's residency at the Coliseum at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas ended in June of 2019. She's been there since March of 2011. Ooh quite a long time she had over 1.74 million people come and see her over the course of that time that's crazy anyways continue what was your question leslie who has won the most juno awards that is a very good question and my guess is you're not gonna guess this right i already know Unless you're Googling it right now. This is I'm, not something you would know. I'm just trying. I'm, I'm drawing such a blank right now. I'm trying to think of an older singer. And it's just not coming to me. So why don't you just tell me? Hallelujah. I really wanted you to say, oh, Leonard Cohen. And then I was going to be like, psych. Uh, no, it's Anne Murray. No, I was going to say Anne Murray. Just no, because, you weren't. Just, no, I was going to put Anne Murray on my top five list as jokes. Not that Anne Murray's not a good 
a good singer. But Do we even just... know an Anne Murray song? No, that's the joke about oh. it. But, oh, okay. every, but everybody knows who Anne Murray is. Yeah, we all we can all picture her. Right, exactly. Like I've seen but, her face on her on her albums, but I have no. I, I couldn't tell you an Anne Murray song. No, not a chance in hell. No. Nope, not at all. Anyways, yeah. So Anne Murray has had fifty two nominations and twenty five wins. And sorry, so, how, how much did Celine Dion have in terms of wins? A twenty wins. Hmm. But. Do you know two Canadian bands? These are big bands. These are big popular bands that have never won a Juno Award. Rush and Bare Naked Ladies. No. Well, that was that was a good guess. Thank you. Okay, I'll give you a hint. East Coast band. Great Big C. Yes, Great Big C has never won a Juno Award. Na 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 na. People are tuning this podcast out so fast. Yeah, they're like, ooh, they're singing again. <laughs> That's right. This one, I'm trying to think of a good hint. Mm, I can't think of a good hint. So, rhymes with, <laughs> rhymes with sand, land, band. No. What did you say? Band. Band. Interesting. Yeah. It's the band. It's the band. Yes, the band has not won a Juno Award. The band's Canadian? The band is Canadian? You didn't know that? Like, we're talking about take a load off, Fanny. Yes. They're Canadian? Yes. Really? (laughs) How did you not know that? The more you know. (laughs) For real? Are you serious right now? Yes. I had no idea. I'm not even kidding. What? This is so this this is so cool. I had no idea. Oh god. I'm shocked that you didn't know this. I love that song too. Everyone loves that song. I rode into Nazareth. Sorry, where were you going with that? Were you just dropping some fast facts? That they haven't won a Juno. They're one of the two Canadian bands that haven't won a Juno award. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. We should have done top five bands, Canadian bands. Because now, now that I'm thinking, there's a lot of good ones. Yes. Yeah. I See, I didn't even include that. Interesting. So, Leslie, this year's Juno Awards are being hosted on May 16th, 2021 at Scotiabank Arena, hosted by Alessia Cara. Mm-hmm. Is it going to happen? Yes or no? What's the date again? May 16th, 2021. No. Right? There's not a chance in hell. No, no, not at all. I'm so sorry. Anybody who's optimistic, I think that they might hold it virtually again like they did last year. Mm -hmm. But there's not a chance that uh, the Juno Awards are going to be happening then, especially Mm -hmm. with not people in attendance. Not a chance. Yeah. For, for For those of you who don't know and are being like, hey, you know, like, all the United States is going to be vaccinated by then. Yeah, Canada's way behind. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's pretty sad. There's some countries that are tiny, tiny, tiny that you have barely ever heard of that have vaccinated more people in Canada. Yep, too far behind. But a little, a little history, though, on the Juno Awards. 
So the first Juno Awards, they were televised in 1975 on CBC, and it was on CBC until 2001 and then was moved to CTV for broadcasting. But it, was, it came back on CBC in 2018. And then the first time the Juno Awards were broadcast internationally was in 2006 when they were aired on MTV2 in the United States. So, you know, didn't make the real MTV, made it onto MTV2. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. And to piggyback off of that a little bit, the first Juno Awards that were held outside of Toronto were in 1991 when they were held mm-hmm. in Vancouver and that lasted for only one year. Cause then they went back to Toronto for three more years and then they went to Hamilton, which is basically almost the same thing <laughs> for another, for another three years after that. And then they went back to Vancouver for one year again, and then Hamilton, Toronto, Hamilton again, mm-hmm. before they started to branch out and they went to Newfoundland, Labrador, Ottawa, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Halifax, Saskatoon, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. After that. Do you know who the first group to win a Juno Award was? I know we just talked about the what bands haven't. Was it the Guess Who? Oh, you stole my fact. The Guess Who. I love the Guess Who. The and Guess it just, Who. It just seemed like a, the obvious one. With Yes. Now, do you remember? I don't know what year it was. But it was Canada. We, it was the only time we ever went as a family to... Ottawa on Canada Day. And I remember we were walking in downtown Ottawa and we knew that there was going to be a concert at Parliament Hill at night. And we kept on saying to mom and dad, who, who's performing? What's the band? And they said, guess who? And they were like, no, you just tell us. <laughs> They're like, the guess who? I'm like, why won't you tell us who's performing? I don't remember that. You don't? I no. vaguely remember them being there. Because mm-hmm. we we listened to it. So we stayed at a hotel that was right next to Parliament, the Westin. That's right, yeah. So we were, and we had the Parliament view. So we were able to see the fireworks and we were able to hear the concert from our hotel room. I vaguely remember that. I kind of wish that I appreciated it more just because like the guess who is so iconic mm-hmm. and I've come to really appreciate them like over the last several years, mm-hmm. like half decade, decade, whatever you want to say. It's ever since high school, really. Mm-hmm. And so I really, really, uh, have, like I said, I've come to appreciate them. You know what honestly really got me hooked on the guess who? Mm, what in high school i don't know if you remember but there were a couple of teachers who had a band and they would perform oh the staff band the staff band and they would perform at assemblies every now and again and Mm -hmm. one year they sang no time by the guess who Mm. and i don't remember i don't remember for the life of me who was who was in it i i'm pretty sure mr cranshaw played drums or piano i know that mr west was one of the singers i'm trying to think who the other singer was she was female and i can't for the life of me think of who it was 
I don't know. Oh, I can picture her. She was the she was the chemistry teacher before the chemistry teacher that we both had and the one well, who I didn't take chemistry, so and the one who forgot my name. Oh, the one before Mrs. Solomon? Yeah, the one before Mrs. Solomon and then she went on mat leave and she never came back. Or maybe she came back and I just wasn't there. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know how it works. But that's exactly how that leave works. So they typically come back. <laughs> no, I just, I just, I can't remember for the life of me what her name is, but I can picture. Oh, getting old sucks. Anyways. Anyway, they, they sang No Time. And I remember coming home and doing a Google search of who sang No Time. And then I'm like, hey, wait a minute. This album is on my iPod, my mm-hmm. iPod mini. Nano. Uh, no, we didn't have the nanos. We had the minis. No, we had iPod Nano. Not a chance. We had iPod minis. iPod minis. I need to Google what an iPod mini is because we definitely had an iPod Nano. We did not. There's not a yes, chance. Yes, we did. The nanos were the little square ones. Oh, were those the shuffles? The shuffles are the little oh, square no. ones. Oh, no. I'm just embarrassing myself on this podcast. Can we just yeah. stop recording? The iPod Nano. We had the, looks like it was, I don't even know what generation it was. The third generation, I think. Yeah. Oh, man, this is just awful. I'm struggling so hard right now. You're embarrassing yourself. We got iPod Touches later. I never had an iPod Touch. You didn't? No. Oh. Oh, and it was actually the second generation that we had. Okay. The third generations were the little square ones. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Regardless, I came home, saw that that song was on my iPod, and from there, I pretty much got hooked on the <laughs> Guess Who. And that was, of course, after we were at Parliament Hill, because we went like super, super long ago for that Canada Day. Yeah. The only thing that I really remember about that Canada Day was the uh, changing of the guard ceremony, the fact that there was a parade, and mm-hmm. the fact that Dad was interviewed on television – Yes. And then we tried to see Peter Mansbridge at some point, but we didn't see him. Did we? <laughs> and then, or maybe we did see him. I honestly don't remember. And then we went to some museum across the street from Parliament Hill. Yes. Now, did we go to the Mint that day or is it a different day? No, we went to the Mint that day because I remember there's a picture of you with your Canada Day bandana. Yeah. And your uh, temporary... And your temporary tattoo on your cheek, I think. Yeah, and I was wearing those pink tinted sunglasses. Very stylish. Of course, of course. Yes. But I thought you were... Now, now the guess... Well, is this These Eyes? Is that Bachman Turner? These Eyes? Or is that the guess who? I think These Eyes is just Burton Cummings. Okay. Because that makes me think of the, the great... Great scene from the movie Super Bad, where Michael Sarah's character sings these eyes all nervously in front of like these like hardcore tough guys, and then all of them come together and they just start singing these eyes. It's a pretty good scene. Don't remember that at all. Oh, only, so see, only, see, only seen Super Bad once. It was with me, right? It was with you. Yeah. 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 Super Bad. Super bad was a it was a childhood nightmare because 
because when that movie came out, everybody said that I look like McLovin. And for a year and a half, I was McLovin. You you were tortured by that pretty badly. So, Leslie, maybe we could put that up on our Instagram poll. Does and Josh look do, like McLovin? Does Josh look like McLovin? Side by side. Do the poll. <laughs> okay. If you told me to do so, then I will do it. I want to know, yes or no. Hmm. I need to know once and Mc, for all. McLovin was, from Hawaii? What was was the bullying worth it? Yes or no? <laughs> it was torture. Yeah. People aren't nice in high school. No. Especially when you're unpopular like we are. Yes. <laughs> we create podcasts and compare our memories. Right, exactly. Anyways. Once again, we have gotten off topic. Shocker. Somewhat. somewhat. Shocker. Um, but in terms of Juno Awards mem- kind of memories, the Juno Awards I remember the most, and this is only because we had it on DVD. And it was the 2003 Juno Awards that were hosted by Shania Twain. And we had it because it was in a cd right i was gonna we, say what i was gonna say was it in a cereal box no it wasn't in a cereal box we got it so i it was a two-pack cd one pack had the 2004 nominations and then the second side of it had the 2003 dvd gotcha we, we got that cd from our elementary school fun fair the baskets that we that classes used to do every every class would have a theme basket and we took home canada basket and you're within so, that canada you're so basket right. there was the juno awards cd that is crazy that you remember that that's very yes. impressive you're so, totally right yes <laughs> so i remember we got that and i would watch the dvd it was hosted by Shania Twain it was from the corral corral center Corel, yeah. Corel. Corel, word perfect. Corel, yes. Yeah. And then, so Shania Twain hosted, and she would dress every time she would come out, she would be wearing a different NHL Canadian hockey team jersey. You're totally right. I remember this too. <laughs> and one of the main things I remember about it too is that Avril Lavigne performed. And I like loved Avril Lavigne but didn't have any of her CDs you were so, so I, obsessed with Avril Lavigne I was so then I remember I took I had like this little microphone and recorder like a tape player but it had a microphone and I held the microphone up to the tv while the <laughs> Avril Lavigne was performing on the dvd so that I could listen back to it later did you get in trouble for listening to Avril Lavigne because it had had, had bad words in it? Well, I did censor myself when I was singing. And what song what, what song was it exactly? I can't I don't even remember. Was it complicated or a skater no, it boy? Was, I'm, I'm I'm with you. Oh. See, we, I was not allowed to say it's a damn damn cold. cold. That's right. It's, it's a, a damn cold. Mm, but I wasn't allowed night. Exactly. I was allowed to say it's a hmm, cold night. That's right. I do remember that. That's very yeah. true. And did you know that I 
sometimes when that comes on, I've been with dad and it's been on the radio and I still do it. And dad just, again, dies of laughter. Yeah, I do remember that. That's very funny. Mm -hmm. It's funny that you remember that Canada basket because I remember the Canada basket because I had a pillow, a hockey pillow, and it was a pillow that I used at my desk in my room because we had wooden chairs at our Mm -hmm. desks and they were really hard. So I put this Canada pillow on it and I used that pillow for probably like, oh, I don't know, 15 years and to the point where it was just flat. It wasn't even a pillow anymore pancake pillow that's right that is so crazy i remember that we had the cd and the only reason that i thought we had the cd is because there was a time when you leslie were quite obsessed with getting uh the grammy cds yes because at the time itunes didn't exist right Mm -hmm. we weren't much of illegal downloaders on the internet at that point so you used to always go and buy that top hit CDs. I I bought so many CDs. So I remember you buying that and I just assumed that that's how we got the Juno Award CD. Nope. That's I, my- I, I remember my first Grammy Award CD. 2007. 2007. I remember. I, because I wanted it and I bought it in Montreal and HMV in Montreal. <laughs> very specific memories but I I really wanted it because it had the song Waiting on the World to Change by John Mayer right you're a big John Mayer fan I was a big John Mayer fan that CD if you actually go back and look at it it actually holds up quite well there's a lot of good songs on it yes yes but we're not talking about the Grammy Awards right now we're talking no. about the Juno Awards mm-hmm. so do you have any Juno Awards memories I actually really honestly don't have very many Juno Awards memories. I don't watch a lot of Juno Awards. I guess one of the things that sticks out to me is is just all the different hosts throughout the course of the year mm-hmm. and all the different talent that has existed in Canada. Like we talked about how Alicia Cara uh, is going to be this year's host, but like Michael Blue Blaze hosted, Drake's hosted it, Russell Peters, Nelly Furtado. And then you get into some like, celebrities like pam anderson hosted uh russell peters william shatner rick mercer right there's a bunch of people this hour has 22 minutes cast it's very much a a, a important role in canadian television history canadian music history and it was a big deal obviously that it was available for people to watch on the cbc because the cbc is free in canada I don't know if that still exists, but for the longest time, it was like your right to be as a Canadian was to have the CBC, right? I think you can watch it online. It's free. Yeah. So like it, it was very much is one of those channels with that. If you had the bunny ears, like you would get it no, no, no matter what. Right. So mm-hmm. I have a question for you that I actually don't know the answer to. So I went and I looked at all the Juno awards and where they're hosted. And can you tell me why? In 1988, there was no Juno Awards. 1988, there was no Juno Awards. There was no Juno Awards in 1988. And you don't know what the answer is? I do not know what the answer is. Uh, I believe I read it somewhere. 
It says there was no awards event in 1988 due to a decision to restore the genome scheduling to the earlier portion of the year. Right. Gotcha. So just to move the date. Right. Exactly. Okay. That makes sense. Do you know who is the only artist to win all of the nominations that they were, they were nominated for and they swept I phrase that really poorly, but do you get what I'm saying? Is it Drake? No, no. <laughs> no, take another guess. Well, I want to say that it's somebody somebody more recently. Um not within this didn't take place. It it took place between the 2000s and 2010. Between 2000 and 2010. Is I it, did I did have it, this Carly Rae Jepsen? No. But I, I did have this, CD, uh, this person's CD. You had this person's CD? Mm-hmm. And is she, is it a, it is a female? It is a female. And would you say that she's still relevant today? Mm, not overly. Interesting. I have no idea. It's not Avril Lavigne. No, she's like a bird. Nelly Furtado. Yes. <laughs> there we go. In 2007, Nelly Furtado was the first artist to win all the awards that she was nominated for. Nelly Furtado is really, really good. Mm-hmm. I have a funny story regarding Nelly Furtado. Okay. Because one of the things that everybody knows about me is that I'm a big promiscuous fan. And oh, I no. used to absolutely crank it. Now, there is there is a story where, where we sing it in the car. And I'm, I'm not even talking about that. No. That's, and unfortunately, yeah. that's on video. That is on video. Yeah. Never to be seen, hopefully. No. It, it's, between, it's between the four family members. Right. But there was a time when I was alone. And I was on my way to work. Oh, no. <laughs> and I pulled into the parking lot at work and everybody was waiting for the boss to show up. And all you, and my windows rolled down and all you hear is promiscuous girl, wherever you are, I'm all alone and it's you that I want. And from that point on, I never lived it down. Oh, you were bothered by that at work? Everyone brought brought because promiscuous girl was always something that was on the radio, right? Yeah, and still is to this day, especially on you know around in Canada on pop music stations. Hits two thousand two thousand twenty k hit. I don't know what was that channel right. that you listened to. Not it doesn't it doesn't even really matter. But it's yeah. just, it's just the fact that it comes on and f- whenever that song used to come on at work it used to be like oh josh are you gonna break it down and sing it mm-hmm. and it's just like uh no pass that that song became big on tiktok again recently too that's not surprising either yeah they're bringing back all the hits that they are yes but i think it's time we now dive into the discussion that i've been waiting to talk about Unfortunately, that's all the time no. we have on this week's episode of no. Pop Culture with that's Unpopular not, People. I'm true. Josh Gordon. That's Thank you so much for listening, He's and we'll lying. see you 
next time. <laughs> no, this is, it's not just me going on about how much I love Drake. It won't be like that. It, it is specific to the Juno Awards. Are we going to go all the way back and talk about Drake on his days on Degrassi? No. We are going to talk about... We need context, Leslie. Okay, let's talk about how he was the youngest person ever to host the Juno Awards. Okay, let's talk about that. Okay, so Drake hosted the Juno Awards in 2011, and he was 24 at the time. which is weird to think about such an underachiever oh my gosh (laughs) so here's the thing drake he was nominated six times that night and won zero sounds about right hey okay wow you're not really being very uh respectful okay yeah no (laughs) from this point on i will be respectful so that was the first you time. You call me on my. Can I continue? Yes. Okay. So he was, that was the first time in 40 years that a host had been nominated and didn't win at least one award. Interesting. Yes. So all time, uh, Drake has only won seven times and nominated 33 times. But after. After, you know, having all those nominations and then hosting and not even winning, he kind of took that as a bit of a slap in the face and decided to, he hasn't submitted any of his work for nominations um, since, I don't know what year it was, but he, for specifically for his mixtape More Life and his album Scorpion that had like God's Plan on it and, and Nonstop is on it too he didn't submit um, for nomination. So he said he doesn't want to anymore because he's underappreciated. Is he underappreciated or is he a sore loser? No. Okay. I hip hop and rap music in award shows has never, it's never been right. It's never been accurate. And specifically, think about the Grammy Awards when the year that Macklemore won for like Thrift Shop, his album, won over Kendrick Lamar. I think it was To Pimp a Butterfly. Right. Which, which was, was one, one of the best albums. Yes. One of the in best re- in recent history. Yes. Yeah. And it lost to someone that's based off of, it was kind of more little bit more commercial success that's fair i don't think rap music what what about what about kanye west and taylor swift beyonce made one of the best music videos of all time (laughs) yes yes it okay it's true it's very true but the timing of it was not right Right. I, I, I do agree with what you're saying. And I think especially in Canada, there is a, I would say there's even a bigger divide in Canada towards rap slash hip hop music, just because a lot of it doesn't exist in Canada. Right. Canada doesn't have a NWA. Excuse me. Is it, is it, isn't that, isn't that what it's called? A what? 
What did I say? NWA. Yeah, what's it called? What's what called? Who who says straight out? Who who says the straight out of Compton? Okay, it's NWA. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was just really thrown off that you said that. Okay. <laughs> I thought I was totally wrong there for a second. I was like, pardon me. No, Canada. Sorry, we don't have straight out of Compton. Right. No. Like that. Like that's what I'm saying. Like we don't have people who who grew up in like African American communities. Or well, we do, but it's just that it's not as big or widely well known, right? It's not commercially celebrated, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And it's a different culture. Like exactly right. Mm-hmm. Like just think about all the all the. Canadian artists that we've talked about tonight. Celine Dion, Michael Bublé, Avril Lavigne, here's Justin Bieber. Like, there, there, there's definitely a, a demographic trend in Canadian music. Which is keep them on the straight and narrow? To a certain extent, <laughs> I suppose. But you don't see very many quote-unquote non-white people come out of Canada music. Yeah, that's very true. So I understand from that perspective why Drake would be upset about not winning. But there's no doubt that Drake is amazing, though. I will admit that Drake does have some good songs. Like, you used to call me on my... Right? And Over was really good. I actually do really enjoy Over. That was God, off of his first album. God's Plan. Like, there, there's a, a couple of good ones that have commercial. <gasps> you like God's Plan? Sure. Why not? Oh, my God. You're just adding lists of songs that I can now play in your car. Right. <laughs> there's there's a lot of success that Drake has had commercially, which is which is very, very good. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's very important. But for people like me, if it hasn't been played on the radio, I don't know about it. In terms of Drake, I mean. Right. Because a a lot of Drake songs you can't play on the radio. But yeah, Drake Drake has done very well representing Canada and Canadian music. I think one of the funniest things was when last year there was some sort of like COVID relief broadcast going on in the in Canada and it had a bunch of Canadian uh, artists and musicians, you know, performing, talking, um, asking people to donate or stay home and stay safe. And then the show ended with a message from Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. And then right after that, Drake, Drake closes out the show. <laughs> it was like, did, did, uh, did Drake just one up the uh, the prime minister? <laughs> sure, it was. It was basically like, oh no, the prime minister doesn't get the final word. Drake gets the final word. Right, and I think Leslie, while we're talking about Drake, we have to talk about Drake's association with some something else that we both love, and that's sports. Raptors. So Drake's the official ambassador to the Toronto Raptors. Global ambassador. Oh, I'm sorry. I messed up the title, Global Ambassador. Mm-hmm. And of course, the Toronto Raptors, in case you haven't heard, won the 2019 NBA championship. And so finally, 
I guess the Raptors were put on the pedestal, I, I suppose, in the United States. They say, oh, wow, they exist. They were forced to be broadcasted on national TV, blah, 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 blah. They were getting some attention. And for every single one of those games, pretty well, Drake was on the sidelines. Yes. Yep. Sitting courtside. Sitting courtside in his seat. And although there was some debate whether or not there was a curse, a Drake curse. Oh, the Drake curse. Yes. It seems like that has been rectified now. Yes, there's no more Drake curse. So congratulations to Drake. And they and you know, the Raptors have encompassed the Drake brand, the October's very own OVO brand. They'll sometimes do the court in a black and gold OVO style, and then also where um, at the Scotiabank Arena, there's Drake's Club, the Share Club, that's there. So you know. Drake's a big part of the Toronto Raptors culture. Definitely. And we'll have to see here as the months, days, years go on, whether or not we'll get back to enjoying that again once COVID is over. Yes, yes. And him yelling from the court side. Definitely. Now, Leslie, this is a little bit off topic here, but it's along along the lines of of the same topic of Canadian music. And I think that it's worth discussing at least very, very briefly because it was something that helped promote Canadian music. And I know that you were a big fan of it for a while and that is Canadian Idol. Oh, yes. And when we talk about, as we always do on the podcast, the future of what everything is in pop culture, I think personally about a show like Canadian Idol that was suspended after the 2008 season and said that they were going to come back and then they never did. Mm -hmm. And I wonder a lot about how new talent gets showcased in Canada these days. Not much, (laughs) not very well. Right. So CTV came out with a show called The Launch a few years ago that had some relative success as well yes but here's the thing is that i think with shows like canadian Idol on the launch is that there isn't much support after the show for the artists like not not enough funding or whatever goes into it but then again kind of like a side note is that the last winner of canadian idol was theo tams which I was, I was very, I was a big Theo Tams fan, but he was actually, this is quite recently, like maybe a month ago, was approached by America's Got Talent to go on, on the show. He was reached out by producers and they said, hey, we really like your TikToks, you know, the music that you're putting out. How would you feel about coming on America's Got Talent? Even though he's not American. Right. But he, he just, he decided he didn't want to do it because of the criticism and almost harassment he got from his experience on Canadian Idol and the experience that after Canadian Idol people kind of didn't take him seriously and took him more as a little bit of a joke like oh you are just someone that went on a reality television show you're not a true artist right and so and you know with 
the certain contracts they have in place after that, they have to put out specific music. There's too many, I guess, you're kind of almost straight jacketed into putting out a specific album that the record labels want. So the support after those Canadian competition, reality shows, whatever, it probably isn't the greatest because it hasn't, you know, brought anyone new and big on an international level. Right, exactly. So when they decided to launch the launch, Mm -hmm. uh, they received over 10,000 applications in the first season. And they said that that was because Canada has a large pool of untapped musical talent because there's no opportunities for people to kickstart their career. Unlike the U S where they have talent shows like, uh, they've had American Idol, America's Got Talent, X Factor, right? All these shows, none of them have ever really taken off in Canada. So it is really interesting that way. And that's not to say that talent can't come out of Canada. We've mm-hmm. seen we've seen talent like Drake come out of Canada and Justin Bieber come out of Canada. Mm-hmm. And Alicia Cara is recently one that has is, that is broken through. Mm-hmm. But it's just that you don't often get to see Canadians rise to the success of somebody else around the world even even outside of the united states like we talk about we talked about dua lipa for instance at the beginning of of this show and dua lipa's british mm-hmm. and when was the last time that canada had an artist that took off like dua lipa who is constantly you know, pumping out hit after hit after hit and was getting all this attention in the United States and around the world. Justin Bieber. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose so. But really, that's the only time, right? Yeah. And kind of on the same going back to Canadian, because I was just looking at this is Carly Rae Jepsen was on Canadian Idol. Was she? I actually didn't know. Yes. So she she didn't win. She placed a third. But it's one of those things where she didn't become famous and internationally like successful because she was on Canadian Idol. She got there years later with her catchy song Call Me Maybe. So again, it's not it there's not a lot of support for Canadian musicians unless you somehow make it big and are able to sustain that on your own which is challenging yes 100% and I think that's just something that Canadian artists in general have to deal with not necessarily even musicians I think it's like authors or you know anybody who puts out you know works of art like even like canadian broadcasters for instance mm-hmm. aren't, aren't recognized as much as they are in the united states right like mm-hmm. I, like we have we had peter mansbridge right or lisa la flamme right Which remember are... when we saw peter mansbridge at bruno mars okay that was not peter mansbridge but he was a total lookalike and that guy was totally jamming out to bruno mars <laughs> he was, was having a great time it was so entertaining to watch <laughs> He was with like his son, who was also really hyped. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was a great time for sure. They were, they were having a blast. Absolutely. 
So when, when, when it comes to, when it comes to Canadian music, then Leslie, are you optimistic for the future or do you think that eventually we might even just see the disbanding of the Juno Awards? We've, we've talked about how they've had declining ratings in the past. We talked about how they switched networks. We've talked about how COVID struck last year and, and basically wiped it out. So what do you think happens for the future of the Juno Awards? I think, now this is probably a long shot. I think at some point it's going to be amalgamated with what used to be the Much Music Video Awards, which is now the iHeartRadio Awards. So the iHeartRadio Awards is the one that happens in Toronto. It was outside of like Much Music. And there was like, it was a huge event. It used to be a huge party. Arguably, probably bigger than the Juno Awards because you had not only Canadian artists, but you had, um, you know, everyone, uh, famous celebrities from like TV shows and uh, all these different international artists. So I I think it might blend into that a little bit because I don't think the Juno Awards are nice, but I don't think from like a, business and financial standpoint with declining ratings and everything like that i don't know how sustainable it is i would generally speaking tend to agree with you only because there are so few people around these days who actually watch television Mm -hmm. live yes and that is especially the case in canada where we basically only have three television stations yes four if if you Mm -hmm. want to count so i'm thinking i'm thinking cbc ctv global is is my three city tv and i'm i would say maybe city tv is a close fourth yes but it's just it's one of those things where it's just like okay like there's really Canadian content on there besides really yeah exactly right (laughs) there's rarely ever been any good solid canadian content we had corner creek we had corner gas on cb or on ctv for the longest time and we had Shit's creek on cbc Mm -hmm. and other than that those are the two really big ones over the last over the course of our lifetime really yeah oh i can't think of any and that's really quite shocking to see the amount of television success that American networks are able to pump out consistently over and over and over again and Canadians not being able to produce their own content themselves is kind of disappointing. And Mm -hmm. it's always been a sore spot for me. I've always thought about how maybe Canadians would be able to try and make more content for themselves, but really cuts that we're seeing these days to media Cuts were seen to the CBC. Cuts were seen to Rogers. Cuts were seen to Bell. I really don't think that it's ever going to happen that Canadians are going to be producing their content in overwhelming forms. I mean, we talk about how Canada has Crave TV, which is a streaming service. Mm -hmm. And then CBC has CBC Gem. But other than that, there's not a whole lot of uniqueness towards that respect in Canada either. So it it really is unfortunate that I do think eventually there just won't be any appetite for the Juno Awards. I Uh really don't think that it's going to be something that's celebrated consistently in the future. And that's a real shame because it is important to celebrate your accomplishments. It's important for as a country to establish some sort of national identity. 
And I really feel like as a country, we've done a very poor job of that. Oh, that, that's pretty true. And it's really, yeah. it's really quite sad. And this is, if this is something that's really important for us to have in Canada, and it's important to celebrate our heritage and who we are. And I would like to see it continue, but I really don't think that there is much future for the Juno Awards in a post-COVID world. I completely agree. I think the only thing that I want to talk about is just to say that there is always lots of great Canadian topics in music that we did not talk about tonight. We didn't talk much about Rush or Bare Naked Ladies or Great Big C or you know, a, a lot of new down new with up, Webster, <laughs> new up and coming <laughs> people. Like I'm a big fan of Alicia Cara. I think she's probably the the, the next breakout star um, mm-hmm. in Canada. Like she already already seen success with Scars to Your Beautiful, for instance. It was mm-hmm. really popular, and I hope that she has songs that are able to come out and break into the U.S. and mainstream. I believe mm-hmm. I believe she was sung a song in Moana. I want to say, was it yes. Moana? Yeah. Yeah. So we also, we also didn't talk about Sean Mendez, another big. Yes, absolutely. Canadian artist. Um, just looking here. Uh, the tragically hip. We didn't say once. Right. The tragically that, hip. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a bit sad. <laughs> yeah. It's very sad, but it's just, it's, it's like I said, ever, ever since, ever since Gordowney passed, it's just one of those things that I understand that it was a big part of Canadian identity, but it's just, and people do still talk about it, especially for around our parts, but the, the tragically hip definitely aren't as big or as relevant as they once used to be. No. And that and that's a shame as well. We also didn't talk about Nickelback. <laughs> right. <laughs> Our listeners are like, oh, thank you. <laughs> right. Like, I understand that Nickelback is very controversial. And there's lots of, yeah. there's lots of haters out there. It's one of and the most hated bands. What's that? Sorry. One of the most hated bands of all time is Nickelback. De- definitely. Poor Nickelback. You know, sometimes I, if I, if I'm running a cash register, and I say, here's a Nickelback for you. People will make a Nickelback joke still. Oh, or oh, I thought you were going to say, and then they cringe. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think one of the telltale signs that you've made it is when people are, are able to criticize you. That's true. So look at this graph. That's one of my favorite memes. That is a great meme. Absolutely. Now, Leslie, next week, we are going to get into another controversial band. But it's a band that we absolutely love. Oh, I know what this is. Are you excited? We're going to talk about Coldplay. We're talking about Coldplay. We went to go see Coldplay on their Head Full of Dreams tour. Mm -hmm. We'll probably talk about that a little bit. Yes, I'm very excited to talk about Coldplay. It's my favorite band, so it it should be fun. And I think I I think I know what our top five list is going to be. 
top five Coldplay songs? I think it's going to be the top five Coldplay songs. <laughs> not top five Coldplay members? <laughs> no, not top five. And number one, Chris Martin. Woohoo. <laughs> Let's go. All right. All that coming up next week on pop culture with unpopular people. This has been the one, two, three, four, five, sixth episode of pop culture with unpopular people. If you stayed with us throughout all six episodes, Leslie and I thank you very much. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) I was hoping that she'd be like right on that, but she's like, nah, Josh, just hurry up and get this over with. I want to go to bed. Yeah. It's past my bedtime. All right, so let's wrap up episode six of Pop Culture with Unpopular People. I'm Josh Gordon. I'm Leslie Gordon. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.